2: All right, guys. Thanks for joining in here on this week's episode of the Outdoor Drive podcast. We did a little BS session between me and Steven. Steven's uh double bearded bird in Virginia and my main shed hunt. We kind of went off the rails on a little bit of everything and anything. Um, we do appreciate everybody joining on in with us. We got a lot of new things. Uh, If you guys haven't already got over to the YouTube page, hit the subscribe notification button, check out what's going on. We have the video for part one of Virginia. Part two is going to come out very shortly. Um, And also we have the youth hunt coming up. Therefore after a little bit of everything kind of going on there, but make sure you hit the subscribe button notification button. And on the podcast stuff, if you guys are watching on Apple uh, podcast. make sure to hit the subscribe button on all platforms, but also give us the five-star review on the Apple stuff. Uh, we do have some hats going on sale here if they're not already, but by the end of the week. So uh, contact us, us us there on social media and we'll get one out to you. So go ahead and listen on in and come take the drive with us here on the outdoor drive. <laughs> Shooter. Big buck.
1: Stack, stack, stack.
2: All right. Welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your boy, East Coast Trev. And this is Steve. What's up,
1: Steve? Not a whole lot, man. It's the first time we've actually had a voice-to-voice conversation without the in-reach in two weeks.
2: Yeah, it's been some time, bro. (laughs) i was definitely say that. It's been crazy. Yeah, you've had a lot going on. I had a little bit going on. Yeah. A lot to catch up on. Yeah, I know, man. It's It's something else, dude. I'll tell you, communication through the inReach kind of sucks, bro. I didn't realize it. I've been told that there's a bunch of apps. So one of the guys that we were with uh, when I was off grid was, he was telling me that there was actually an app that you can use your phone and then you just take your inReach and you just put it near you and you can run it. I'm doing old school fucking texting like I was on a Nokia. Just like A-A-A-A three, 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 yeah. six, More six,
1: or six, or four,
2: four. <laughs> More or less. And as if, you know, people that are on the video side can see, I'm a little burlied out. I haven't even shaved probably 12 days, 13 days. So I'm a little bit of a mess here, but it was a good time, dude. <laughs> Nothing better than that. Nice. And you had some cool excitement also while, while I was away.
1: Yeah. We we finally broke the Virginia curse. Got a bird down. Nice.
2: Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. And I bet right. you everybody
1: else in the same I mean, I, I got a beard for each year it's drug on
2: <laughs> I see that. So. It was stud, stud. Let's, uh, let's say yeah. the least, dude. That was a it, great, great
1: bird. It made me work for it. And uh, the, the time that it took, two years, paid off. Yeah. Kinda. I don't know. It's, it, it, was, it was wild year, getting right? there, and uh, it was wild after, and happy to have the bird, but.
2: Oh, it was just a. It was one of those crazy Virginia stories, as always, man. Nothing, oh, yeah. nothing comes right in that state, I'll tell you, man. Everybody I've talked to, everybody I've seen, I mean, like Johnny Simonetti, dude, dude's in the roost, and for some reason bird doesn't come in or holds up on him or whatever the case may be. Just wait till you see a uh, part two, a uh,
1: hunt camp, and Andrew's bird that flew down on us, and we I can't get a shoot.
2: I can't wait to see that man I it was when I came in service that was the first thing I watched was that video part one if you guys haven't checked it out get on the YouTube side and check that thing out what an incredible video man Steven did a phenomenal job of putting that thing together Um, he put his his heart mind and soul into this one Uh, it was actually really cool man It, it was it was action-packed throughout the whole entire thing. I mean, and it was cool that we were able to switch between the cameras, like, and see... Oh, so
1: nice having multiple views. <laughs> oh, it makes it, it so much easier.
2: Yeah, man. It was so badass. Like, it was just, it was so cool to see it from one perspective to another and, like, I, I don't know, man, and to, like, totally relive it, you know? It was... It seems so drawn out, right? Like, drawn out throughout, like, when you're actually hunting it, but to watch it, and it all happened in 20 minutes you're like wow that was awesome that was what happened dude it was it was definitely pretty cool man and some serious like i think in part of the video like there was a lot of like uh what would you call that like um like the cinematic minute whatever you call that cinematic you, yeah cinematic some of the moments in there were like are cool man did some serious work to him
1: yeah, we're we're getting there. Like I said, it's a work in progress, and uh, we're trying to get better with every video. This next one, we have more cinematography, more candid B-roll, and some you know montage type stuff. A uh, little bit of drone footage starting to tinker with, and the new computer that we got to build to make it work a little bit easier and faster, which. I, I'm, that's kind of like, I guess my redneck geek out moment. I don't yep. have to wait two hours to export good video anymore. It's pretty quick now. So that's been fun, but uh yeah, I was actually in the process of putting the second one together and all of that right before we kick this off. So we're getting close. It'll be out uh in the next week for sure.
2: Yeah. And then after that, we'll have a junior haunt. Mm-hmm. That will come up soon after that. So that would be kind of cool. Well, a little bit of everything, man.
1: Uh, there There is zero footage of my hunt. L- literally that's zero. Okay. I have the Snapchat thing saved, but that, that's about as much video as I got of that <laughs> hunt.
2: <So. laughs> that happens though, man. That's part of it, dude. Like I, you know, and with the shed hunt, I, I did some video, man. Probably could put something together, but it was like not not really on the focus. Um, it was just kind of like taking everything in when when
1: I kind of walk you through the whole fiasco that was that hunt. I couldn't have carried a camera if I wanted to.
2: There's nothing wrong with that though, man.
1: I mean, it was, I had a call in my pocket and the shotgun. That's all I carried. Literally. Jeez. I had nothing else. So.
2: Wow. I can't wait to go through that, man. I want to hear about those paces, but before we do that, why don't we get into intro, man? Why don't we thank some of the people that support us and are part of the podcast? Um, and before we do that, guys, also the giveaway is still up and available. I, there is definitely a bunch of people that are are buying things. Um, I have two dozen hats that, uh, they will go up for sale by the end of this week. So right after this podcast releases, they will go up and for sale. So, um, those anybody who buys those that get you two entries into the giveaway. So um, stay tuned for that, but the ducks on the bay, the, the hunt giveaway uh, that's going to run for a little bit longer here. So you're going to want to get over to the sponsors, buy something, uh, use their promo code. If they don't have a promo code, then just uh, type in outdoor drive giveaway and I'll connect to those guys and get you guys all in and aboard the ship to uh, to go out duck hunting. But, the people to think and the ones to buy from. Um, we'll start with No Easter Game Calls, get them in close, uh, all your custom all your custom calls, uh, Mab Knives. He makes custom knives, man. I just was up there visiting him, got to hang out with him, see some really cool things. Uh we made a bunch of pretty badass stuff, I guess. Uh <laughs> some
1: made a fun pen. stuff.
2: Yeah. Made a pen. Some antler art. Some antler art. Yep, there's some <laughs> antler art in there. Um we made um uh i made a mock mock three shaver probably should have used that thing but um a couple cool things just to hang out with mark man what a great guy man and what he actually does in the shop is actually really cool um probably he's he's definitely one of my favorites i'm glad i got to stop in there and check it out see and hang out with him um out on limb manufacturing out on the limb mfg.com uh go over there for they have the new uh new stand for you guys that aren't saddle hunters and want to get in the stand. You guys go check them out. Um, Wicked twisted bowstrings, outdoor drive 10 on the promo code for that one. Get your custom strings from them. I know Alex Pugh, uh, he was buying some strings. Asked me about the, the promo code for that. All of our promo codes are on our website at this time. Uh, so you guys can go over there and check those out. If anyone has any questions. As well um, as
1: in the remarks on all of our YouTube, both podcast and videos.
2: Mm hmm and the giveaway uh for you that maybe been sleeping or just joining in on this one um the giveaway is all the instructions are on that website also um timber tumblers timbertumblers.com uh get your custom timber timber tumblers what a tongue twister that one is uh from Jason um you got that stuff what else we got? I'm I'm a mess here today. I'm like off the rails. So we got Timber Tumblers, Wicked Twisted Bowstrings, Out on the Limb, Noreaster Game Calls, Broadside Camo, and last but not least. The big boy. Oh, Mr. Borman. That's right. Gator outdoors. Outdoor drive 25. Yes. Save 25. Steve's got on the um the blind sweatshirt. The blind hoodie. The blind hoodie. Um, There's the miles for piles one, which is in the wash because it stinks because I wore it every day while I was gone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, The true timber camo that he's got over there. uh, We've been running it the whole entire Turkey season. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Um, He's got all kinds of good stuff over there. So go and check him out. Gatoroutdoors.com. They are outfitting the working class. So some good stuff, man. Make sure to check those guys out and uh Support them because they support us. So
1: definitely. Number One other eight.
2: shout out we gotta make. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> your beard's in the way, dude.
2: I know, bro. <laughs> it's getting bad. It's getting real bad. Uh working class bow hunter, guys. We're gonna take the drive as always from the east coast to the Midwest. We're gonna go hang out with our boys here. Um June 17th. Think so? I had I'd
1: honestly have to look at the post. Yeah, me too. I know I'm it's somewhere sorry. right around there.
2: So we are headed out there. Um, I know some people might catch up with us and drive with us. If you guys do want to make that drive and head out, um, we could always meet up somewhere. Y'all can follow us out there. Whatever you guys want to do, um, but we will be there for the 2021. It's going to be uh, June 12th, Saturday. It starts at 8 a.m. Uh, and Galesburg Archery Club in Rio Illinois. That's so by that one big tree
1: in the cornfield.
2: That's right, the only <laughs> tree, the only woods in the cornfield. So we're gonna go out there and we're gonna visit our boys. I don't know, working class bow bowhunter uh, to the shoot. This will be uh, this will be my third year going. Mm-hmm. So and Steven's second year. So it's a good time. Uh, great people. Do you think they're gonna break down and let us make the course again for them?
1: I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe. I think we may have made it a little bit rough last year on some folks.
2: Yeah, I, it was good though. I mean, it was a good shoot. I think they're going to do a lot more um, like giveaway, like uh, contest type shoots. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to have an after party at a local place down the road. So everyone can kind of go out and hang out, but everybody's invited, man. Come up, hang out with us. Uh, we will all be there. Um, it's It's a really good time. Great people drink beer. Uh, chew the fat, kind of hang out with everybody, shake hands, get to meet everybody. It was a great turnout last year, man. There was people from all over. Uh, Eli came all the way up from um, – where was he at? Georgia? I think he was out of Georgia. I know you he's, down, he
1: south. he's a, down south. He's down south. I'm bad
2: I'm bad with that stuff. I'm sorry. Uh, Eric Smith came in from Tennessee. He uh, cares about Bones. Yeah, well, Bones is there. <laughs> Just kidding, buddy. He's the old guy. He's the old guy. And you know what else? He told me this too – uh believe it or not i was talking to him today uh his brother scott's gonna be there he's gonna nice. take the ride in from ohio so they're oh, all yeah. gonna meet up at brian's place and then take a ride in from there so good friends from all over um all gonna meet up and uh we'll all hang out and have a beer together man we all need it after this whole covid crap so everyone can kind of hang out and see everybody so if anybody's got any questions or whatever, send us a PM, DM, uh, send us an email, whatever. We're more than welcome to help you out. We'll send you an invite on Facebook, Instagram, whatever we need to do. If you guys want details, just let us know, man. We'd love to have you guys join us, hang out, uh, spend the weekend with us out there in Illinois. So, let and, us know. Uh,
1: my biggest advice is if you are going to do that, take a word from the boys and uh, go shoot your bow now, not later.
2: Yeah. You want to practice. You You're definitely want to be up to
1: snuff. <laughs> We are not going to make this easy on you.
2: Mm-mm. Last year was tough, man. This year is going to be even tougher, I'd imagine. Well, uh-huh.
1: I'm, I'm incorporating that sixty yard blind shot, even if I have to do it out in the field. <laughs> I'm I'm putting that shot in and making people lose some arrows.
2: They love it, dude. They love it. So, hell yeah, man. Well, should we get to Mister Salter real quick? I don't know. I think
1: he's already getting to us. So, do me a favor and crank that bad boy.
2: All right, cranker, cranker.
0: Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your crews Now, last week I know we stuck around New England uh with some news, you know, local to here, but this week we're going to head out west where Uh, Big news lately, a lot of it has been focused around wolves in multiple states. So we'll start off in Montana, where last month the governor signed House Bill 224, which allows licensed trappers to start taking wolves with snares in the state. Uh, This comes on the heels of approval of House Bills 138 and 225 which revised trapping and snare tagging requirement laws and established the season dates for wolf trapping in Montana. So just another step for one of those Western states in trying to control the wolf populations. Uh, Now off to Idaho, where the Senate there has approved legislation to reduce the wolf population in the state by up to 90%. The approval will allow Idaho to hire private contractors to reduce the wolf population from 1,500 to 150. Uh, The plan for wolves in the state was to have uh, 10 packs and up to 150 wolves in the state, and they far surpassed that. Uh, Hunters, trappers, and other wolf control measures have killed about 500 wolves each of the last two years. Uh, And if the wolf population drops below 150, the killing would be reduced. Uh, And if it drops below 100, wolf management could be returned to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Uh, it approved other changes uh, which would increase funding to uh, from the Idaho Department of Fish and Game to the Idaho Wolf Depredation Control Board from $110,000 to $300,000, uh, remove individual wolf tag limits, and combine the hunting tag with trapping and snaring tag. Uh, game, uh, wolf trapping uh, would be allowed year-round on private land. Uh, and hunters would be able to hunt wolves with the use of ATVs, snowmobiles, and other methods allowed for animals classified as predators, such as coyotes. Uh, and now on to the opposite side of the coin, in Colorado, uh, where Colorado is moving forward with wolf reintroduction, and the Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, held its first of three public information sessions. Per Colorado voters, the state is required to bring wolves back to the western slope by the end of 2023. Uh, At the first meeting, Diane Boyd, a retired biologist who spent her career studying predators, uh, spoke at the session stating, people should expect the unexpected. And if you think wolves will stay on the western slope, um, on the western side of the state, they will end up 300 miles out in the prairies in eastern Colorado. Uh, It's just going to happen. Boyd made a point that to be successful, uh, collaboration among many stakeholders will be needed for this, uh, especially when known conflicts will occur like livestock being killed, uh, and that compensation for depredation should be established before the wolves move in uh, because of those conflicts. The reintroduction and impact on elk is also a big concern uh, among many, many, uh, especially hunters. Uh, but Idaho Fishing Game says that uh, since reintroduction in that state, uh, elk harvest has remained relatively stable, but obviously different places uh, have different outcomes. The next informational session will be May 20th and we'll focus on actual reintroduction uh, and looking at how it's been done in other states. The third session uh, will be in June and we'll cover conflicts with wildlife. So, changing gears, we'll head to Wyoming, uh, where the Wyoming Game and Fish Department has proposed to reduce the number of antelope tags for 2021. Uh, This is due to persistent drought conditions this year uh, and the record-breaking spring blizzard, which has created a short-term population decline in the state. Uh, The antelope are expected to bounce back, but a reduction in tags will help those herds immediately. Fishing Game has proposed a reduction of 3,650 any antelope licenses and 5,775 doe fawn licenses uh, with the reductions affecting most of the herds across the state. Uh, Fishing Game stated that 98% of the does in the state have twins every year, uh, which could help restore the population up to 30% by next year in 2022. Um, So anyone who wants uh, to modify their Wyoming hunting application for this year for antelope, you do have until June 1st, uh, and that's for both residents and non-residents. As always, if you have any news for me, please reach out, uh, Mike Salter on Facebook, or Bearded underscore Bowhunter21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride.
2: (laughs) <laughs> that, nothing better that 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 dead thanks mikey appreciate you buddy thanks for filling all of us in for news and your cruise uh nothing better than you my friend so check that yeah stuff out. you're
1: officially off uh probation your 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 short-term disclusion however we decided we wanted to call it after making your wisecracks about My wife's the only one can kill a turkey here. (laughs) Yeah. We put a halt to that shit real quick.
2: (laughs) Nothing better than that. We have
1: returned to our regular scheduled broadcast session. That's right. It's easy enough to work it back out.
2: For sure. For sure. For sure. Well, man, you know, speaking of, why don't we just dig right into it? Because obviously everybody wants to hear a little bit more about your turkey hunt than they do my shed hunting trip. Cause obviously it was I, I a little bit disagree. more eventful. <laughs> I, I want to hear
1: about your shed hunt. dude. when some of those numbers you guys pulled, just telling people numbers and telling them I had no information was driving people crazy.
2: Oh really? I didn't even realize that that
1: was like a thing. Oh yeah, dude. When, when you pull more horns in a week than I've pulled in my best season, people are interested.
2: It was definitely Epic. I mean, we were just to say the least, man, we were just blessed by the presence of some of the best fucking shed hunters around. I mean, that's, that's just plain and simple the way that it goes. I mean, we were mentored by the right people from the beginning. Um, even when we started this, uh, adventure a couple of years ago and went up there, there's my, what was my fourth time going third time going. Um, and we are just mentored by the right dude and just learning and, and I'll get into that stuff, but, um, why don't you take these guys away on your, on your turkey hunting? <laughs> I, I want to hear about this because we, we intentionally did not talk to each other up until today for a reason. Um,
1: Neither of us even know anything about what happened other than vague details. Right. I, I, I want to say Smelts probably has the most information on what went down with me. Bones has a little bit, but no one else really has the full down low on it. So I guess I'm going to break the skinny to everyone at once.
2: Let's do it, man.
1: So if I've Excited. ignored your messages, this is why. So no shit, there I was. Because every good story starts with that, apparently. <laughs> but no. In reality, uh a good buddy of mine that's let me hunt his place, you know, on and off for a couple of years. It's always kind of a hell Mary because of its location. It's all open field. There's like one hedgerow that runs through the center of it on a creek fence line. And I just kind of don't go there often until he calls. <laughs> and when he calls two days in a row and says, hey, every afternoon I've come up here to grab hay, there's been a strutter and hens back on the back of the field, right on the hedgerow. said, okay. And he's calling me at about 3.30. So I figured, you know, I'm going to take and uh, Saturday afternoon to shoot out there, try to get set up around 1.00 see if they just work their way in. You know, if that's their natural pattern, maybe I'll just bust them right there. And I load all my stuff up. I've got it planned out for an all evening sit. I've got the blind, I've got the chairs, I've got the cameras, I've got the decoys. You know, I'm going to look like Henry Humpback carrying shit across his field. I pull in and there are two strutters and four hens right where I'm going to set up. And open fields. what do you do? You know, you you can't move on them. I didn't bring a reap fan. I didn't bring even a, a strutter decoy. So I sat in the truck for about 15 minutes contemplating, okay, well, do I just turn around and leave and then try to come back once they bug out or what? Excuse me. I sat there and watched for about 15 minutes as they kind of worked this ridge and decided, you know what? They're here. I'm here. Let me see if I can get around to that hedgerow. Make a move. If I don't get them, I don't get them. Whatever. The only way to get out of my truck without busting them, because they're only 140 yards. Strutting, staring right at me. I crawl through the middle console of the truck to the back seat over all the gear. Get to the back passenger door that's kind of canned off, so have a little cover. Crack the door open and slide out. Put my boots on because I didn't have my boots or anything. Just camo. At this point, I'm going, what am I doing? You idiot. And I sat there at the door for a little while watching, going, okay, how can I pull this off? Well, a, a number of things happened here that ultimately made me make the move. Randomly that morning, I had been sitting tinkering doing some video stuff and had uh, a Jocko podcast running in the background and he was talking about the taking the indirect path basically military strategy stuff but uh, talking about you know the the straight way from point A to point B is not always the best you know sometimes instead of 100 yards you got to go 14 miles to work around from the back and it just kind of clicked on me it's like you know what I could work around the edge of this farm and try to tuck up to that brush pile and then get to that hedgerow because the grass is about a foot tall. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm motivated. You know, Jocko said, do it. So I'm going to do it or some shit like that. Good
2: old Jocko. Yeah.
1: (laughs) If you guys have never listened to Jocko, that doodle, he'll geek you out and get you all sorts of motivated. Good. Uh, Good. This situation sucked good good (laughs) (laughs) so i took that as kind of like the first sign okay i need to follow through with this take a shot at it well i get out i get my boots and i was like well i'm i can't carry gear so i grab my call and a striker because i didn't want to have to dig to the bottom of the pile to get a mouth read threw it in the pocket grab my shotgun went to turn the red dot on batteries are dead so for the second point, I'm telling myself, just put it back in the truck and just just leave. Go get a battery, come back. Maybe the birds will have cleared out and you can go set up. <sighs> Fuck, okay. Take, I laid the shotgun down. I go, you know what, real quick. Let me just scroll through my, my call bag. Maybe I have a battery in there that was on, almost dead, but still usable. Nothing. I open the center console on my truck to crawl back through and a little remote for a uh, FM transmitter falls out. I pop it open. And there's a battery in there that's a size smaller. So I was like, screw it. Let's see. Put it in. Gave me just enough power that I could see. I was like, all right, I got a sight again. I was like, if, if that's not a you-better-get-out-there sign, nothing is. So I did this Tweedledee, you know, Elmer Fudd hide behind the truck sideways and behind it trying to keep it between me and the birds so I could work my way straight back all the way to the barn and then go around the barn down through the cattle pasture and try to get behind enough cover that I can move forward. So about 20 minutes later, I'm finally at a point where I can get the hedgerow between me and the birds. Once I'm there, great. I'm able to move. The wind's blowing. It was like 20 mile an hour gusts. So I was able to work real quick up the hedgerow and I got to about 75 yards and there was a break in the hedge where there was a gate. At this point, I couldn't peek around because the younger Tom was strutting, staring right at that break. But there's a bunch of cedars and stuff, so I just kind of tucked up close and hit the call to see what would happen, see if I could get anything out of them. The younger Tom pokes his head up and looks right down at me. The other Tom turns around and walks the other way. And I'm like, crap, here we go again. That younger Tom just sat there and walking back and forth, watching that gate, waiting for a hen to pop out. Sat there for about 10 minutes or so. And then he turned around and started going up after the first Tom. So I was like, well, he's walking away. I can belly crawl through the grass to get to the other side. I make it the 15 yards or so, you know, good old-fashioned army low crawl. And get through there, doesn't bust him out. Cool. I move another 30 yards down the hedgerow. There's another break and another gate. So this time, the brush next to the gate is kind of like a, a cedar overhang, but the way the fence was sitting between it, there's a little hole. And I had to crawl through basically a pile of, of raspberry briars and thorns and to get into this hole where this fence had a about an eight inch wide hole that was just right to see through. I could set the gun on the fence. It was a perfect shooting bench and I could watch both strutters. Got set up, you know, and dug some thorns out of the ass, whatever As is I'm waiting, called one more time. Both of them turned and looked and then went back to feeding. Hens were staring at me, you know, like, who's this girl? She want to come fight. Nothing wanted to break. I sat there for 30 minutes And then that Tom broke strut and just started meandering down, started working his way to me. And I'm going, holy crap, I'm just going to sit here and see what happens. He'd come about five yards and go back into strut, wander back and forth. And he'd break and he'd come another five yards. And then him and the younger Tom completely break strut and start coming right to me. And I'm going, all right, I've got my spot marked. That's 40 yards, anything inside of that, they're done. And they hang up at about 50 yards, start strutting again, as typical Virginia birds do. And I'm like, son of a gun. Well, they keep moving. I'm going to just sit here and wait. Well, they break about 10 minutes later. They start coming in, but then they go 90 degrees to my left, and they're leaving my shooting window. So, I mean, I leaned over, had a pile of thorns right here, and just leaned into them was able to get the bead on and cracked one off. I paced it off. It was 47 and hit it base of the neck, thumped him pretty good. He hit the ground and rolled, but then he got up and was able to run. I was like, oh, shit. So I nosedive back out of the brush, out of the thorns, got to the break in the gate, fired a second round off just as a follow-up and dumped him. It's like, whew, all right, score one for me. So I jump the fence and I run up there and I grab the bird and, you know, I get a foot on his neck and I'm stretching him. And all I hear is you mother beep, 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 beep. What are you doing? And I look around in this a, <laughs> a house on the neighboring farm, like 500 yards away. There's this big, big old woman standing out there. I thought she had a bullhorn. I could hear clear as day the way the wind was blowing. And she was mother effing me up and down, northwest, south, sideways. I was just like, I'm hunting. You can't hunt here. You don't have permission. I went, I begged the differ. Got a piece of paper right here. Says I do. No, you, no bull crap. You can't do that. I'm like, what the heck's going on? So as a civilized hunter, I've got everything I need. I know I'm legal. I start walking to the lady pick up the bird, throw it over the shoulder, and I walk up because I want to sort it out, clear it and say, here's my permissions, and this and that. And I didn't know that these were new renters on that particular house that freshly moved from D.C. And they like watching turkeys. Oh, uh, well, that's too bad. So I got, I don't know, 50 yards. Drop that mother bird. I'm calling the cops. And this, I mean, just, and I looked at her. And I said, you know what? I'll call the owner and I'll meet you down at the entrance. And I turned around and walked. You dropped that mother effing bird right now or I'm going to call the cops and this. And I said, you go right ahead. She goes, what's your name? I said, my name's James. And just kept walking. And I said, if you want to talk, you can meet me and the owner down here at the gate. Apparently those hills are a little too big for a 350 pound woman to follow me through. So come on. She didn't follow me. I get back to the truck. I put the bird in the truck. I haven't even had a chance to look at it other than that quick video I sent you guys. Right. And the owner pulls in, and because I'd called him as I was walking, I said, Hey, your uh your renter over here is throwing a fit. You want to come cool the jets? He pulls in. I said, Hey, you want me to go with you? What do you want to do? He goes, Does she know your name? I said, No. She goes, Did she see your truck? I said, No. He says, Get the hell out of here. All right, well. I'll be on standby. I'm going to run down to your house. I'll wait for you there. He goes, Nah, dude, just go home. You're good. I got this. I'll set it right. Like, cool. Appreciate it. I get back to the house and I go to hang the bird up on the uh, scale and I realize it's a double beard. Because when well, I was in there,
2: throughout all the commotion, you're not, you're not there because you're I, not. I didn't have a chance to look at it. No, you're you just. Know, I, I felt the spurs as I held them. So I knew I
1: had spurs. And I knew I had a real thick rope on it. That was about it. So I was, you know, I see that and I go, I just whacked a, a, a long beard with a double long beard. So, you know, I'm all jacked up and everything's cool. And Kim comes over and sees it and I show her and I'm starting to get that, you know, what I missed on the post kill.
2: Right. Cause you can't, you're not taking it all in at that point. You're just, you're trying to deal with all the other crap that you're dealing with. Yeah. Cause I mean, Anytime
1: someone throws a fit like that and says, I'm calling the police, the first thing that pops into my mind, you know, I go zero to 100. What do I need to prepare for? What do I need to have ready to show? You know, I'm going through the process of how do I clear myself of this BS? I completely put the rest of it behind me. So, ultimate buzzkill right after shooting a bird. But I get to the house, I get excited again. We start getting it laid out. I'm starting to get some good pictures of it, you know, and taking measurements. And my phone rings. And it's a local sheriff. No. So the sheriffs down here tend to cover down for game and fish because we don't have a lot of wardens. So I'm going, Oh, great. He goes, is this Mr. Clark I said, Yes, sir, it is. He goes, Can you can you tell me what happened this morning with this bird hunt? I said, Oh, well, it wasn't this morning. It was about an hour ago. But yeah, here's this, here's this, here's this, here's where I was, here's when I shot, here's who gave me permission. Here's how I've done it. I've done this for a few years now. You know, as far as I knew, I was legal. He goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure you were. I talked to the owner and I talked to the lady and uh, the lady was more or less pissed off because she liked watching the birds and she was watching the birds when you shot it and it pissed her off. And, and she said, she's not trying to get you in trouble, but she was pissed off that you shot the birds. She didn't want you to shoot them. I said, okay, so why are you calling? He goes, honestly, I don't know. He goes, can you give me your license number? I said, yeah, cool. Here's my license. He goes, did you check it? I said, yeah. He goes, can I get the confirmation? I gave him the confirmation number. He goes, cool. Can I get your license plate so I can run your information, make sure you're legal? Cool. Gave it to him. He's like, good. Everything's fine. Everything checks out. As long as you were outside of town limits, because I know that property is close, you're good. If you're inside, we may have to cite you for discharging a firearm in town limits. He said, well, I'm pretty sure where I shot, I was outside of limits, you know. And after looking at the map, yeah, I was about a hundred yards outside of the limits. So I was like, whew, cut that one a little close, but it's Virginia and there wasn't a church around, so I wasn't worried.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so. Well, you only got to be a hundred yards, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> exactly. So ended up finally getting time to sit down and measure it. It pulled out the first beard was uh ten and a half inches, and the second beard was eight inches. So it, it was a Nice, healthy old bird. Wow, yeah, I know. In, in your mind, for bow hunting league, you're going, man. If I would have shot that with a bow,
2: Yes.
1: thats 18 wow. inches of beard on one bird. Dang. And uh, inch and a quarter spurs, real sharp, dark black pearl, no white, which is the first bird I've shot in Virginia in a while that had no white in the spurs. Damn. So, and he was, was well a good beard, well bred out. I, he only came in just on un, just under or just over 21 pounds.
2: So he'd been running hard. Yeah. So, oh, great bird though, man. So it pumped. was. It was nice, you know. It. It was. Awesome at
1: the same time as being disappointing. You know, it's not that way you want to celebrate a bird like that after a streak like that. Looking back, it's a great story. I laugh about it now. Everything worked out. Cool, no problem. Should have sure. mounted it, but I was not in the headspace to even consider it. Because I always told myself, if I'm ever mounting a turkey, it's got to be a double beard or better. So to shoot a double beard with 18 inches of beard and not mounted, I kick myself in the ass about a little bit, but you know, that's neither here nor there. So oh,
2: that's that so tough chaos. though, man. Like, but but the 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 roller coaster ride that you did go through and and having to deal with that and the ups and downs, you know, you'll never forget that story. So that story is gonna forever burn in the back of your mind you know i
1: I literally almost quit twice before i even started
2: yeah but you know you 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 kept yourself on the grind and knowing that you could do it and you actually did it and then you did it went through all the struggles and (laughs) and havoc that you did and then to deal with it continuously until the end of the night
1: yeah but i mean there's always something nice that when the cop checks all your stuff out he goes hey man you're good to go congratulations on the bird enjoy it I'm gonna go deal with her now. It's like, ha, cops on my side.
2: <laughs> now, is there a hunter harassment thing down in Virginia? They have a hunter harassment also, or uh, there is,
1: but I don't think this would fall under it, just because it was such an odd situation. So, okay. being a new renter, she's responsible for you know the house and the acre it sits on. The rest of the farm falls under the lease, right? So. She has no say or care right. or anything to do with any of it. I mean, she's a leaser; she's not even an owner, so she has no say.
2: Right. I know, so. like, like here, like so we've had some problems in the past. I mean, because obviously everybody knows that Connecticut sucks, and you know we talk about it all the time. But a lot of the, a lot of the birds that we kill, they come off of private land onto public. Um, the birds that I kill, and we, I deal with that regularly, and like the guy. I mean, I got a million and one stories of birds that I've called off a of public. Actually, uh, your buddy, John, that's up here. He was asking, he was like, I was talking about it yesterday
1: with him. He's like, I'm kind of worried, dude. I was like, ah, just run.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause he was like, he's like, well, I got some birds that are on private. And I was like, call them on public and kill them. I yep. go, you're going to find a lot of your birds are on private. And that's, that's what you're going to have to, I mean, obviously that's not the case that you were dealing with, but going back to what I, to reel it back in, we call them off a of private. Guys are feeding them, so on and so forth. And you put them on the public, and then you kill them, and then you're running the same thing. The warden's showing up. What are you doing? Checking out my tags. And they're just like, have a nice day, man. Congratulations. Well done. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is these people
1: don't realize they're not pets. No. They are they are property of the state, and I pay all of my fees and legal dues to go out and pursue them. And I do it legally.
2: It, well, it's illegal to, to feed them anyways. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're feeding the birds, right? So you're feeding, you know, chickadees and cardinals and this, that, and the other thing and Orioles and whatever else. But Yeah, but if you're dumping piles of stuff on the ground to specifically feed the turkeys,
1: that is unlawful during and, season.
2: And that's that's your own fault, man. Like, if, if you're going to get upset about it, it is what it is. I mean, that's that's on you, you know. It's the same thing with – we've had instances in the past where – guys purposely feed ducks in the creek that we're for hunting to try and get us in trouble or you know what i'm saying like they go above and beyond it's like bro what don't you understand that it's illegal to feed those things you can't feed fowl you can't feed deer you can't legally do all these things so like you're trying to get us in trouble but in all reality we can't bait them neither can you whether we're hunting or not
1: you well, can't feed them, I've, you know? I've always had that in my head that if i ever ran into that situation where i pulled a bird off a private on a feed pile and they throw a fit they call the warden or the sheriffs or whatever mhm how easy would it be to
2: turn the tide and get them for a baiting during season it happens all the time dude i mean that's that's it's so simple and people don't understand that like they will get in trouble or they will be talked to you know what i'm saying i mean they, they a lot of people don't realize is that the wardens on our side the warden oh, yeah. is the difference between the the people and conservation like they are the barrier like they they're the ones that hold withhold that line you know and they they make sure that the hunters are doing what they're supposed to be doing and the people are doing what they're supposed to be doing and that line never gets crossed right. um they're not out to get us well, they're also hunters and fishermen also exactly i mean that's why they are conservation officers correct and they're out there hunting just like we are man like i met I met we got a local warden here. I don't know if I told you, he's from Virginia. He's a good yeah, old Virginia yeah, you boy. Tell me about it. What a what a stand up guy. I mean, I, I won't want to drop his name or nothing, but yeah. Stand up guy. He, you know, I got to talking with him. You know, he was a little bit upset about uh the thing that we talked about. Um shooting nine shot, uh mm-hmm. tungsten. He was like, I can shoot this back home, but I can't shoot it here. So, like, he's going through the same thing, and he's like, he's like it sucks. You know, I got all this nine shot back from back home, and I can't shoot it, and I got to order seven shot, and I had to go through the same exact thing. And it's like, you know, he, he's on the same token. You know what I'm saying? And oh, he's, yeah. You know, I, it's it's nice because we've had warnings in the past here that weren't hunters. And oh, yeah. They were just, they're snowmobilers or quad riders or whatever, and they're into the land. But now to have actual hunters, it's it's definitely a better thing. And like for you, I mean, having a sheriff be a warden. Yeah. That's that's a fine line. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You I mean, know, they
1: don't know game laws. They know I, local policies, but they don't know game laws. Well, maybe they would be if they were outdoorsmen or hunters. Well, and that's the thing is out here pretty much everyone is.
2: Right, and that's I a mean, nice thing.
1: the The guy made it very clear that he knew it was a bullshit call without saying, "This is a bullshit call, and it's a waste of my time."
2: He had to be professional. Yeah,
1: he he was a very very professional officer. In fact, me and the property owner are trying to schedule it to go get beers with him. <laughs>
2: that's awesome. I mean, so, that's hey, he might know some hunting property. He might know some good good. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you never know, man. The so. we had a we had a instance. A couple years ago, within city limits, um, they have two hunting areas. They're controlled, flood-controlled areas. And people are going to know this when I talk about it, the local people. But anyways, um, we used to goose hunt there all the time. And, I mean, dude, it's dead smack in the middle of the city. And we would go there and we goose hunt. We'd get six guys and we would just pound them out. I mean, just beat them up, shooting limits. And one day, the cops showed up. Now, mind you, they're city cops. So, yeah. like gunshots they especially
1: don't know anything about game regulations
2: it's crazy right so we kind of got a little jammed up but it, not really i mean we were with 100 within the legal rights right we were, you know we were far enough away from a house we were shooting prop everything i mean we cross our t's and die our eyes i mean you always do i mean it's go above and beyond i mean people call me paranoid but You got to do it because you never know. you have to be. (laughs) You have to. And when I hunt other states, I freak out. I mean, you know, Steven. (laughs) Uh, So the warden, I mean, uh, local police officers start showing up and they start giving us a hard time. They're calling us out of the field with megaphones, so on and so forth. And uh, so we get down there and I'm talking to them. I said, first of all, I mean, not to be an SOB, but y'all molesting our hunt straight up. Like you guys are molesting our hunt because- and that's that's a law here. You cannot molest somebody's hunt. Uh, you can wait by the truck and you can talk to them, but you can't really break up their hunt unless they're doing something legal. We weren't doing anything legal. But anyways, we, we were being reasonable. We ended up talking to them. Thank the Lord that one of the guys was a waterfowl hunter. Nice. Because if not, we, we, we would have got jammed up. But uh, not really would have we been jammed up. We would have been jammed we up. would have had to get a hold they of they a warden
1: and have a warden come clear it up.
2: Yeah. And he, and, and one of the guys knew he's like, Nope, they gotta be 500 feet. They can't be shooting at something within distance. They're legally allowed to be here. Blah, 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 blah. The guy sent us on our way. If not, we probably would have been sitting there all day waiting for a warden to show up and talking to him. I've had it happen a million. I've got a million and one stories of it because that's what, that's what happens when you, when you're in city limits. I mean, that's same thing as what you dealt with, you know, if you don't have the right person, that's just what happens. But, I'm really glad that you were able to knock down the curse and it's a memorable haunt, man. It's, it's, it's one
1: oh, of wait, I'll, I'll never forget it. And I always joke. I tell everyone I ever take hunting for the first time for turkeys that no two hurt Turkey hunts are ever going to be the same. You may get similar, but you'll never get the same. No, I no. hope to God. I never have this again. <laughs> it was a pain in the ass.
2: Yeah. But you know what, dude, honestly, man, like you, In five years, you're gonna laugh about that hunt. You're gonna know it's gonna be (laughs) I I I had a hunt. I shot one, I called it on a public land from a bird feeder. And uh it was actually a cow pasture or a, a horse pasture. Called it back on a public land. I ended up shooting it with a shotgun. Um and the lady's like, that's my turkey. She's And She comes oh, out man. in her golf cart running and screaming. And we laugh about it all the time. But you know what? You've only antagonized me to kill every single bird that goes on your property. And exactly. that's what I did. Oh, every yeah. year I go there and I chew turkey. But guess what? She don't feed the turkeys no more and the turkeys don't go there. So I don't know where <laughs> the turkeys are over there. It sucks. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I I got two massive takeaways from this particular hunt. So... Uh, takeaway number one is even if you think the deck stacked against you, you're not going to kill it if you don't try. So that's number one. Number two, if you're planning on moving to the country from the city, fucking don't. Just stay where the hell you are. We don't want you out here. Leave your lifestyle and mentality in the city where it belongs. You move to the country, you're going to hear gunshots, especially Mm -hmm. in Virginia. You're coming from D.C. to Virginia or out here to the country in Virginia, real Virginia, and you hear gunshots. I know you think it's, you know, hey, officer down because that's all that happens in D.C. when you hear a gunshot. Not out here. So if you're going to come out here, leave your shit behind. Right. And if anyone in that situation is listening to this, which I highly doubt, uh, maybe you should listen to this more and kind of change your mentality before you make that move because things are a little different out here in the country.
2: And it's kind of funny that you say that because I think that I think that more people are going to run into these scenarios with with everything going on in the world today. Like with oh, the yeah. whole pandemic, with people going from the city to the country and and then bringing those type of views because they're not educated in in those forms to come out here in, into the countryside and, and deal with that stuff. And I had I had the feeling from the beginning when I knew all this was going to happen, when everybody was moving out to the city, from to the country, from the city, that a lot of hunters were going to run these scenarios. And, and my word of advice to every single one of you is just be professional. I mean, just deal with it. As, with as bad as you
1: want to load around and shoot over their head or do something stupid that reflects on the entire community. So – do the right thing and if concentration ensues, leave the area.
2: Yeah. And just, just be professional. Just be like, I know my rights, you know, I'm within the law. Um, You know, if, if we need to, let's get a warden, let's call the law, you know, let's, let's have them deal it out. Don't, don't take matters into your own hands. I mean, I know, listen, we've all been in those situations. We all want to do so. We all want to say negative things. We want to, you know, call names and talk this and talk that, but, we all hunt in urban areas, so you got to just hold it together, man, and just talk to them like human beings. I mean, I know it's the toughest thing ever. <laughs> if um, anyone knows me, truly
1: knows me, knows that in that situation I could have gone zero to one hundred and yeah. really caused some issues for some people's rest of their lives. And it's that's been my biggest struggle: is learning to calm down, mm-hmm. try to control it, and be professional. You know, cause it's not just me I'm representing. It's the community. It's our show. It's Trev. It's our sponsors. You know, if I do something stupid and I, I pull a, a, a de kissed it and <laughs> so I had to and yeah. uh, do some dumb shit that's going to reflect on our brand.
2: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of people that, you know, you have to remember that haunting is a right. Um, It's not, it's, it's some, I mean, it's not a right, it's a gift. Um, it can be taken away. I mean, it's, and they're trying hard, it, they're trying hard. So you just have to hold it together, guys. I mean, it's, it's absolutely important. I mean, we had a close friend of ours from uh, do, do it then outdoors uh, uh, Bishop Reed. He had, he was out scouting and he's on public land and this old timer, old hunter came up and was talking to him and said that, you know, Hey, you know, me and the neighbors don't really like for hunters to be here. We feed the hunters. I mean, we feed the turkeys here, you know, if y'all wouldn't mind just going down the road a little bit, you know, like we feed them, we like them, so on and so forth. And he was in a tough, t- t- uh, you know, a tough predicament. Um, yeah, it's a hard conversation to have. Yeah, the guy just, they like it. And he came to him respectfully and asked him to not hunt the birds Um, and public land being there. I mean, you can take those matters in your own hands and take it how you want. I think I would go the more negative route. I would haunt it anyways. It's public land. It's, it's well, so your you, public land owner. You, you got to find that balance. You do. If I shoot it with a bow, no one's going to
1: hear it. <laughs>
2: right. And the guy said also, he said, he said, yeah, the birds cross here about seven, seven 30. So they go to the other side, seven, seven 30. So guess oh. what? I'm just going to go on the other side of the road then, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like, just be careful, man. It, you know, there's, there's so many options. I know it's opened up so many weird predicaments, but. Just, just be smart. It's a
1: world I think we're going to see more and more of, guys, yeah. especially out here on the East Coast as people flood the country from these retarded-ass cities. <laughs> you get a chance. You run into any of them. Start educating them early.
2: Yeah. You know, just put them in the right place, man. Just just be smart. Just educate them for what they are. So it is what it is.
1: That's, it that's is. really all we can do. So yeah. a lot of good lessons learned. Broke the street. Got a nice bird down. Uh, Got to make fun of some people mentally didn't kill anyone. Uh it's a win.
2: It's a good so, time,
1: man. So, while I had all that going on, uh I it's my turn, dude. I want to dig into your adventure. <sighs> first first off, how many did you
2: guys pull in? By the end of camp, uh there was 84 there was 84 moose heads on the ground. God Bless It was five guys, three dogs.
1: It was 84. That's insane. How many miles do you think you covered?
2: All right. So on average, um, I did 49. Captain Mike did 43. And I want to say Rich was right around 70. Holy crap. Yep. So we averaged about 10 10 miles a day um, between all of us. So everyone did about 10 miles a day. Um. It was incredible. I, it was one of the I, man I, to learn, to understand. I mean, there's a, there's a huge difference in between being a shed hunter and being a hunter. Um, it's, it's one in the same, right? So you like, so you're scouting in August, July, September to find out where those deer are going to be October, November. Right. So as a white tail hunter, when you're shed hunting, you're trying to guess where the moose were during January and February. So now you're on the backside of it, right? So it's pretty cool. I mean, you're looking for some of the clear, the strip cuttings where the food source was during the winter, where they were yarded up. So you're looking for areas that were cut within five to seven years. You're looking for ground growth, um, a mix between hardwoods and softwoods. It's just a lot of miles on the truck. It's a lot of miles on the, on the feet. Um, getting into these areas, seeing if that old sign is there and just hiking around Um, as big as they are. It's definitely a tough, a tough thing to find them. Um, They hide in just the weirdest places. Um, I haven't put up very many uh, ATLs. Um, Captain Mike has some of his were under the ground. I mean, it was, it was cool, man. We got some earth bones. They have their own religion. So, so so Rich has been doing it. Um, Maine Moose Antlers is who he is. He buys, sells, trades, um, antlers, and he does it for dog shoes. So if you guys ever want dog shoes, um, he sells them right online, uh, Maine Moose Antlers. Go and check them out for all your, you know, training tools too. If anybody's training shed dogs, um, he sells all that stuff too. So go and check him out. But he's been doing this for years, um, years on years, 20 years plus. Um, just going up there and moose hunting. He does a lot of scouting in the out in the off season goes all over. Uh, we were in the, the North woods out of Jackman. It was, it's incredible, dude. It's, it's, we went up, I was, we went as far as the Canadian border. Uh, me and Ruby went across the Canadian border. No, you
1: didn't. You didn't cross the border. COVID. You can't cross the
2: border. Oh, well, we did, and then and then a helicopter ended up coming, and it was it was nuts, dude. It was cool. We we had a lot of a lot of different scenarios, but. Um, But yeah, like I was saying, I mean, just finding them and finding in the right areas, the valleys, you're looking at topos, you're constantly going back and forth and talking to one another and trying to figure out different things. Everybody's breaking up and they have some areas that they've searched in the past. And, you know, me and Mike broke off and kind of did our own thing. It was incredible, man. It was, it was something else. And so surreal. I mean, we, we stayed in guide tents. Um, it was like 25 to 30 degrees down at at night. We had, um, you know, the whole scenario. I mean, Steven knows about kind of that with the, with the, with the guide tents and Mm -hmm. with the stove, like a
1: perfect um, warm up for Idaho for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, just being off the grid and it was just so cool, man. The guys were so awesome. Shed dog outdoors, uh, Ryan from, from over there, he, he came and joined us for a couple of days. Um, uh, Rich's buddy, John and, uh, Skippy, uh, Skippy was there for a couple of days. Um, me and mike so there's actually six of us um but they two of them didn't stay all that long and we ended up being just four of us but it was fun man we we learned an absolute ton we got into some serious antlers right off the rip uh the first day uh we got into camp we set up camp we met them so our first we drove up we met up with mark we stayed in bangor for the night we stayed with we stayed right outside of Mark's place in a hotel. So we went and we visited with Mark for umpteen hours when I got there. It was like noontime and we were there until like nine, 10 o'clock at night, maybe from 11 <laughs> and then we checked into the hotel and we took off from the hotel. We met up with the boys in town around like nine and uh, we headed into the woods. Now, mind you, we're like 80 miles from the nearest paved road uh, where we were camping. So we got into camp, we set up our camp, and then we got right to shed hunting. And we shed hunting in the afternoon. Um, I ended up with nothing the first day. Captain Mike got six, five or six. Dude is is hawk eyes, bro. Like, <laughs> kid is nasty. I mean, when it comes to shed hunting, he knows his stuff. He finds his things and kind of gets it underway. And it just started piling on from there, man. Like, every day we'd come back, at, there was just truckloads of of Boom, man just just flopping in boom 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 i mean it it got pretty crazy um by like day three or day four uh rich and john they those two shed hunt together they've been shed hunting together forever though like we went in pairs of twos um rich ends up finding this absolute ginormous brown uh brown is the fresh that's this year you find a lot of whites and chalks uh which are past years that guys i mean you're never gonna find them all man and 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 we we picked those up. I mean, those are those are the ones. I mean, you uh, the tables in the way. Um, there's just I can't really see them. I'll grab some in a second. But um, so he ended up finding just a giant brown. Uh, and then hit. Then John came down. They ended up finding the second half, and it still had velvet on it, no on the kidding. tips. It had like curly velvet on it. Absolute gorgeous side. They were like, now mind you. They don't really do it like an inches, like they would, like a whitetail. Yeah. When you measure them, you, they do you measure the paddle. Well, I'm pound doing pounds. pound and paddle. Yeah. Crazy, dude. So they end up finding this one. It's like 14 and three quarters, which is an absolute behemoth. Um, real tall, tined antler. Um, so they end up finding it. And then they end up matching it up. They found another brown. So we ended up going in that area the next day and uh, we ended up tearing it. No, that was in the morning. We ended up going there that afternoon, and we ended up tearing it up, and then I found my biggest shed of the season. Um, Absolute behemoth. Uh, Actually, uh, give me two seconds. I'll show you. Yeah, grab it. For the YouTube, guys. I'll show you.
1: So, everyone that's uh, listening, if you flip over to the YouTube side of this, Trev is, holy crap. He's uh, showing us a triple brow, yep, absolute stud. Holy so it's, crap! It's
2: um, it's you guys not on the YouTube side. Hold on, so.
1: You're good, man. He, he's still so excited he can't get his headphones on.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I'm a little distant away from it, but um, Jesus. So this one here, it's got three brows. Real thick all the way through.
1: Big Dude, the pattern. mass on that thing is nuts.
2: Yeah, it's got absolute crazy mass. So this one here is about 14 pounds, 15 pounds. But it's got everything. It's got length, girth. Look at the mass around the base here. Mm-hmm. Just absolute behemoth. You should have seen it. So I brought Ruby with me. Obviously, I mean, she's my shed dog. So when she went up to that thing, she could well, no, nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> so at that point, I mean, she'll just sit there. She'll alert, uh, let you come find her. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like sit, wait, listen. Um, just kind of see if she's running around. If she stops, um, you just kind of go over to where she was and she'll be there standing with it. Um, I saw this one kind of before she did, um, and the, which is fine. I mean, I don't care. I mean, it was her first season. She's only one years old, so... Um, and so I end up finding that one a year.
1: She's under a year, isn't she?
2: She's just under a year. Yeah. Oh, uh, she's about 11 and a half months. She's almost a year old, but yeah, um, but
1: she hunts like a two year old.
2: She does. She's She's got it together, man. Like some of the training things. It was kind of cool to work with Ryan and see because Ryan does something a little bit different than what Rich does. Rich has turtle, which is like the Holy grail of shed dogs. In my opinion, turtle is the man. Like he is the moose shed man. Like he finds big white tails and big moose sheds. He's been doing it forever. He's 10 years old. Um, So that's kind of was, he was the reason why I even got Ruby or wanted to have a shed dog to begin with was turtle. And then to meet Yukon, which is Ryan's from shed outdoors, uh, shed dogs outdoors. So they do two different things. Um, See Rich's regimen is reward the dog with a treat. So he gives him like strips of chicken or milk bones, milkies. Um, when he finds a shed, he gets a milk bone. The problem with Ruby is Ruby could care less about any type of treat or anything like that. Like I tried giving her milk bones. I've tried giving her chicken. She does not care. I, I've been, I was bit three times while I was up there because <laughs> she just freaks out when she goes to grab the bone. She like wants the bone so bad. Like that's all she cares about is the bone. Like if you get a smaller ant in your hand, forget it. I mean, she'll jump up and try and grab it on your hand. Cause she wants it so bad. So talking with Ryan, Ryan was like, well, if she don't like that, but she loves to fetch. What I do is I throw a tennis ball for her for a couple minutes. So he go. throws Yukon a tennis ball. Cause that's what she wants to do. I mean, she wants a police, she wants to fetch and they always give them a reward. Like they're doing work. Like it's kind of like a drug dog. When they find drugs, they give them a treat or they reward them with food or whatever the case may be. So that's what you have to do. So when Ruby finds one, what I was doing with the smaller bones was I was throwing them out for her and then having her bring them back a couple of times. I didn't really care. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's how I did it. Um, so she ends up finding. She had already found her own her first bone. Um, the second day, um, we're walking down this clear cutting, older clear cutting. We had been driving around, man, and there's like a lot of areas, like especially whitetail hunting, where you know you have to know the areas that you don't want to hunt to, which are bad, right? So you would go and you check and see if there's sign. If there's not sign, you just keep moving on. And uh, so we went in and I knew there was going to be older bones there. Not really the clearest, newest cut. So we just needed to get out and stretch our legs. We had put like f- stupid miles on the truck and we couldn't find the areas that we wanted. So we get out and uh, I'm walking down this one clear cut and, and I could tell she's because she'll start getting birdie, twisting over her tail. She start freaking out and kind of, you know, because there's a lot of grass around too. So I'm watching her and I'm like, I know she's near a bone. I know she's near a bone. So I'm walking and she turns around about face and just starts running right at me and picks up a bone and brings it right to me. I'm like, Whoa, this is how this works. <laughs> like it, was, it was, Something else. It was, it was definitely really cool. So we had a moment there and she carried the thing around and so on and so forth, um, which was kind of cool. And we threw it for her. And then we just kind of went on our way. Um, and there was, there were so many instances that she would find her own bone and it was like, wow, she ended up finding six on her own. And it was like, wow, this is this is what it's all about. Because, like, during during whitetail season, um, she found some smaller bones and stuff. But to find a moose bone and then bring it back, it was like, whoa. Yeah, and you're talking. I mean, she's bringing back ten pounders. Yeah, she's and I'm like stuff that's half her weight. I'm like, what in the world? So the the second biggest paddle that we found, uh, not as big as this one. It actually probably is. It's just a lot taller, with bigger tines on the base. Also, it's a it's got a split G two, which kind of kind of cool and kind of memorable to me um, that we found it. That was on the last day. Um, they do this like I was talking about the religion thing. They do to the shed gods. Um, you sacrifice an antler to the shed gods. So in that, it's kind of crazy because you know, like I collect every single bone that I've ever gotten. I mean, every single bone you can see, I, I carry, I keep every single one I have. Um, my mom asked me for them. I tell her, no, I mean, they're, they just mean something to me. Um, so you, everyone has to sacrifice a bone every night. We sacrifice a bone, whether it's a skull or whatever, um, you sacrifice to the, to shed God. So I had to put one in the, in the fire. And, um, it was tough. It was definitely tough. I put an older chalk in, in the fire and, it was kind of cool, man. Like I kept the burl. Uh, I pulled it out of the fire in the morning. I still have it and stuff. And it was just, it was cool to be part of the group like that and just kind of pay it forward and to, to the shed gods. I mean, it was definitely awesome. So the last day uh, we me and Ruby were walking and my, my, my trip was pretty much complete, man. I was good with it. Um, me and Mike had found this one hillside um, and we knew there was tons of sign. We had found it in the rain. And uh, we wanted we would definitely wanted to go back there and we knew that. So me and Mike went back there and i had walked up, we went up to the Canadian border. I got a picture of Ruby on the border cut because up there, I don't know if you guys ever seen North Woods Law or whatever, but they do the along the borders is just a clear cut the whole entire way. and they have shooting houses down it. They got a big post, they do salt licks for the moose and so on and so forth because they can bait in Canada and their seasons a little longer um, than ours is. So we went up there and we kind of checked it out and I got up on the mountain and I was overlooking United States. It was kind of like an outside looking in kind of thing. It was beautiful picture and it was absolutely gorgeous. And me and Ruby got to walk around and kind of take everything in and over the whole entire nine day course of just how amazing it was, man. And it just kind of put everything kind of in perspective of like how perfect you know, everything that I get to do, you know, like the just kind of take everything in. Like, this is just amazing. Got to go off grid, got to see everything, got to enjoy everything, got to meet new friends and just kind of just, it was just so surreal and just take it all in. So I brick off one of this clear cutting and I start going to the right. And I'm like, this is just, if I don't find another bone, like I could care less. It I really could, is, man. man. My, my trip is complete. I sacrifice to the, to the shed gods. Like, Everything is absolutely perfect. So Ruby's out front and she's running, running away from me and doing her thing. And I'm watching her and you kind of pay attention a little bit more. I mean, there's bears, there's, there's porcupines, there's moose with calves. I mean, there's a lot of dangers and mind you, we're far away from everything. So you kind of got, you're on edge. And uh, so I'm just thinking about all these positive things that are going on and, you know, you know, the great things that I get to enjoy every single day. And, uh, I come around this corner through this clear cut. And then I come into this like sh- short, uh, like soft woods with hardwoods. Uh, there's like this down tree and I see Ruby go around and she comes around and she stops. And I'm like, Oh no, I think there's a bone over there. And then I come and I walk up on this absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous bone. Uh, it was tines down, and it looked like it's just a spider because there's just it's got the split 2s it's got the double brows, it's long, it's huge, and she's just there and she's just barking at it and she's just like digging at the ground and she's trying to get it and it's just absolutely massive, and uh, it was something else. It was actually the first picture that I ended up putting up when I, since I've been home. Um, let me see if I can find the video. Yeah, you've done really good holding off putting stuff up. It's mad, tough. And mad props. <laughs> I, I haven't really. I and mean, obviously we haven't told anybody, you know, the numbers um, of what we've actually put up. I'm, I'll end up after this releases or it's going to release this week. So I'll end up telling the story. But here, if you guys are on the YouTube page, you guys can actually see the video. This is Ruby. As I come around the corner. Oh, look at her point. Oh,
1: that is gnarly
2: yeah so she so as you can see i mean she's just when i came around the corner i'm standing there yeah she's just and she's just standing with it so that's what she does with the bigger bones see how crazy she's freaking out i mean it's you're talking a 15 pound bone and uh she she would never be able to pick it up but she's just digging at it and she's trying to figure out how to flip it over and whatever else to do with it and it was just laying there so it was it was definitely really cool um to see that and it, so this was the picture you guys all saw uh on my social media is um what was this one that's too cool man yeah it was awesome, dude. It was, it was a great trip, man. And to be there with all these guys, um, I got to do, there's one bone that I got and I had posted up some pictures on uh, my social media, the big white one of me and Ruby. This, yeah. this one here, this one right here. I don't know if you guys ever have seen that one yet, but that bone there was awesome. I mean, it was, it was so cool. So Rich just kind of mentored me through this and, and, and wanting a shed dog and, so on and so forth. Um, so we had gotten back, we had hunted one area, we had picked one area and I got back to the truck and Rich was there. Rich had gotten an absolutely gorgeous old set. Like it's probably 10 years old. Absolutely gorgeous, wavy. Um, they get like these, they call them taco antlers. They kind of like turn into each other and they're kind of wavy, really cool, beautiful. So he ended up matching up a set, him and Turtle. And he was back at the truck and I had, we were working an area. And, uh, he's like, Hey man, if you want to go up on this hill together, let's go up there. So me and rich broke off and we went up there and we were shed hunting and picking together. And me and rich were just talking, man, just shooting, the shooting, shooting it and talking it up and whatever else. And he was showing me how he does it and got to see how Ruby worked and so on and so forth. And, uh, we were just up there talking and, uh, Ruby comes up and I'm looking down on my GPS and, uh, He's like, Hey, head up, head up. And I look up and there's Ruby. She's got a big bone, but it was cool because we were able to do it together. Uh, we were together, we were talking and he got to see and he got to take all kinds of pictures of me and Ruby um, finding a bone and whatever else. But this one had a big palmed uh, brow. So it had just like, there was no points on the brows. It was just a big palm yeah, just a paddle. So cool. Um, everyone just kind of means everything. I, I mean, these guys are at that point where, you know, Ryan has 150 paddles. He's like, I don't even know what to do with any more of them. Uh, Rich sells a lot of his. I mean, he makes his shoes out of them. We stopped that on our way home and uh, we ended up buying a bunch of, he ended up buying 200 pounds of of antler um, from a guy. He buys from all kinds of crazy guys um, He buys Browns and cuts them up and sells them. So I can't get, I'm, I mean, one day, maybe I'll get to that point. Maybe I won't, you know, it's just, it's, it's an incredible time, man. I I really... I had a time in my life. It, it, it's un, unbearable.
1: Well, comparing it to your last trip, to this trip, it's like you guys did good on your last trip out there trying to figure it out. And when you started sending me those in-reach numbers, like day two, and you're like, oh, we're up to like 30. And the next day, it's like, oh, we're up to like 51. Oh, we're up to like 65. Oh, dude, we're in the 70s. I'm like, my... My eyes are literally like holy crap are you kidding me? And when you came home and finally sent me that final number, I was like, holy shit dude. It's like yeah. you literally just beat my best season in a week.
2: Yeah, I mean there was I mean there was five, six guys, three dogs. I mean we hunted from sun up to sundown every single day. Uh, we worked together as a team uh we 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 went on our own and kind of tried new areas and checked things out and being mentored i mean rich mentored us from the beginning i mean um mike had gone up and did a thing in 2013 or something when he had gotten married and that was his honeymoon he had originally met rich then and then we reconnected when we decided we wanted to get into this moose shed hunting thing uh, and kind of learn that and he kind of sent us on our way like last year we did two and a half days we did nine and two and a half days but with rich's help i mean rich gave us numbers i mean if it wasn't for him we would never be able to do this and then he kind of like points in the direction what to do and then to be in camp with him and learn how it was i mean he was overly impressed with us he was like not everybody can do this like it's oh yeah you either do it or you don't i mean it's you can
1: you can go shed hunting or you can be a shed hunter there's a difference
2: there is and it's it's crazy the art that goes into it, man. It's it's not an easy thing. I mean, it's it's really not. I, anybody can go up and try it, right? You're gonna find an antler, right? Everybody finds antlers. I mean, it, it is. But to find the right areas and put the numbers up, it's a it's an art, man. I I'm truly blessed to 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 be able to to hunt with these guys and and learn really what it's all about, man. It's, it's something else, dude. You these bet. shed hunters are are crazy, dude. It's a so- Now, up where you guys were
1: hunting, what subspecies of moose do you guys have up there? Just for Um, people listening,
2: I don't know. (laughs) Is there? I didn't even know. So I, I, I'm guessing they're Shira. Is that what they are? Moose,
1: but I'm, I'm not positive. I can't. I don't do enough moose to know exactly what's where, but I know that's what I'm saying maine to idaho they're two different subspecies
2: yeah and you know what's funny is it's kind of funny and being naive and kind of ignorant um i didn't even realize that the west even had moose (laughs) well i i really
1: almost want to bring ruby out with us to idaho because we have moose like big moose really we're gonna be hunting dude
2: so it's funny is when i was talking to Devin. Um he's the one from uh Wild Prairie Gun Dogs, where I got Ruby from. He yeah. he would he was saying that he has moose um out there in North Dakota. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um we have the Eastern or Shira's. Tigeria moose is the oh, subspecies. Yeah. Yep. The
1: Eastern or Tiga moose. Tiga Taiga however you say it, T-A-I-G-A.
2: I was going to say Eastern. I thought that they were Eastern. Go?
1: We're both doing Yeah,
2: this. I didn't know that there was that many species of moose. Yeah,
1: yeah well, exactly. Just like whitetail, just like elk, just like turkey. Yeah, um, I didn't. Got subspecies all over.
2: I you know, thought, like, honestly, Maine was the only place that had moose. Yeah. I didn't realize it, but then I also found out that they there was talk at camp that they were actually introduced to Maine. Hmm. I didn't realize this, but this was a long, 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 long time ago um, that they were actually introduced to me. Um, they, I didn't know this. I mean, there was talk about it. I, There was a lot of, I mean, it, there's, it's crazy, dude. Like our, the moose population up there is dying off because of ticks. I mean, they have moose ticks that just absolutely just devoured. I mean, we found numerous, numerous skulls. I mean, oh, yeah. shoot out buck skull, I mean, uh, moose skulls. Mike found like five of them. Um, cow skull. I mean, we found all kinds of dead dead moose up there. There was a big, huge kill off of the ticks years ago, and guys are just having a tough time finding browns, which are that year's pop-offs. Um, we find a lot of older ones. Um, a lot more people are picking A lot of guys that are buyers are having a hard time getting them because more people are going into the woods and they're not selling them. So these guys are, their businesses are going down. Um, See, and that's the crazy thing is
1: growing up, you know, shed hunting for elk sheds, that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we would go out and if you would pile up as much pounds as you could and you turned around and sell them because as a 14 year old kid, you know, you sell six or seven 30 pound elk sheds. That's a couple hundred bucks. You're you're living the high life. What were they going for at that time? Oh, the last thirty pound shed I sold in high school was going at five fifty a pound. Okay. Let me tell you what a moose shed goes for. I know they go for a hell of a lot more.
2: And moose sheds right up. now. The browns, if you have a brown and you're selling a brown, the buyers right now are buying them for seventeen dollars a pound. Woo buddy. $17 a pound they're buying them for. They're selling them so for way more.
1: Re- real quick, I'm going to pull up a calculator because I suck at math, but just to see what a 30-pounder would run. 30 pounds at $17. So That's two 14-pound sides. That's, well, yeah, $510 yeah.
2: for the set. For the set. One set. And the e- but on eBay you can sell a set, like a big brown set, like a 15 to 20 pound set, which is like 40 pounds, 30, 40 pounds. That set's going to go for a grand. Yeah. Online. Like so those saying, guys will you, buy them up. You Chucks? get a 30 pound side. Yeah. That's, a 30 pound side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's 60 that's, pounds antlers. That's a thousand bucks. That's just, yeah. a, that's browns to be sold. You're not going to sell something like that though. If you found a 30 pound side, you're not getting rid of it. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. The, um, there's even the chalks, the whites. They're still going for seven to ten dollars a pound. No shit. The whites, yeah, they sell those things, dude. Some of the whites, those guys sell them on eBay. They get like two hundred bucks for them. Two fifty. That's nuts. Guys want them, but they just they make all kinds of arts crafts. People want them for their house, so on and so forth. Yeah. I don't sell my sheds. I keep all my sheds. I'll forever have all my sheds. I don't care if I have this room is full. And the only thing is here is a microphone because I am not getting rid of any of my sheds. <laughs> I yeah. buy sheds. Um, funny thing is we, when we ran into town to meet up with somebody, oh, dude, um, yeah,
1: I wondered if you were going to bring that up and show I that I
2: couldn't not. I mean,
1: dude, that thing forever. is nasty. That's all I'm going to say. So if you're, if you're not watching on YouTube, you need to go over on YouTube and right around, I think like the hour and we'll say 15 minute mark. You need to yeah, look whatever at
2: Just skull. match it up with whatever your uh, your uh, audio says. Um, so we went into town and the, the guy we were buying from a picker, guy's older dude, got a shop in town, man. Really cool dude, sells skulls and all kinds of crazy things. And obviously, you know, we want to support those guys. So, um, I wanted to buy something from him. Uh, he had a, he had an alligator skull. I was going to buy that cause I want one for my collection in the worst way. So if anybody's got one that they want to sell, I'll probably end up buying it or you want me to come kill one or whatever the case may be. Don't tell uh, Michelle. I want one really bad. So I'll take one of those. So I almost bought it, but I knew that this guy had everything like he used to raise fallow deer. So I was going to buy a fallow deer set. Uh, he had all kinds of abnormal double paddled moose, um, he had all kinds of stuff, but I, obviously I collect oddities. I always buy an oddity stuff and whatever else when it comes to antlers. So I said, what do you got for white tails? I want a wild white tail shed. And obviously everything he's got is moose and this, that, and the other thing. But he said, I got, I got a couple of wilds and I almost bought some more, but I ran out of money. Um, cause I did not want to spend that much money there. But, um, so I ended up buying this.
1: Yeah, you've got to step back to get that in frame, dude. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, and a kicker on one side.
2: No. Oh, and the drop.
1: <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10,
2: 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 18 points on one side. Yeah. With the club – triple drop broken, broken on that side
1: yeah disgusting
2: had to have it so funny story so I said what's up with that he goes a friend of mine found it walking his dog in his backyard in Maine and he wanted me to make jewelry out of it and I couldn't do it I said what'd you pay for it he told me the price and I said give you 20 bucks more
1: he goes sold I said, Deal. <laughs>
2: Paid a little bit more than I should have, but I don't really care. It is what it is. I, I had to have it. it.
1: That's a badass shed. That had to have it. That to find that as a wild whitetail, not just a whitetail, not a farm raised. You could get this on a farm, but to you get know, that yeah. as a wild whitetail. I mean, I I gotta ask. Have you thrown any kind of tape to it or taken a, a best judgment? Because it's got to be a hundred. That side alone. I I lean to one twenty. It's definitely in the non-typical side. Mm -hmm. That that's obvious, but I I wanna say it's closer to the 110, 120 in there somewhere. So that thing is massive.
2: so I didn't, you know, if I didn't know what was up there and seen trail cam pictures of what Maine deer look like or whatever the case may be, because there's always those crazy oddities that come out of the mountains of Maine, right? Like they're just absolute behemoths. There's a ton of them. The dude shot a 170 non-typical, like just behemoth, dude. This thing is stupid giant, like insane. Um, And that was netted. Uh, by the way, not not gross, not, that's not netted 170, gross. yeah, that's netted 170s. 170, 177, I think it was what it was, splits and non-typical craziness. If I didn't see other sheds that guys have found or pictures of other big deer, um, I would never believe that that was a wild deer, but I knew that this old timer, he had something non-typical and I was like, dude, I got to have it. Like, I don't care what it costs, I want it, I got to have it um, and he had it. And I, I just had to buy it, dude. I, I'm going to put a tape on it. I want to see what it grosses and what the actual inches of it is. But I
1: add everything on it. Honestly, I want to know what the main beam is alone.
2: Yeah. You know, that's the that craziest a part, massive
1: right? beam.
2: So, I mean, like he's got to be over 20.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's something I mean, else. That thing just keeps going.
2: It's just. But there's so many deer like that up there. I didn't realize it, but like Maine, like they have a ton of big ones. I don't know if it's the lime that's up there or whatever, but there's one offs. People shoot deer like that all the time, dude. Like I didn't even realize like, so like Maine's big moose. I mean, big, big white tail stuff. Um, I'll show you a picture. So, okay. Uh, Captain Mike was with me. And he's like, dude, I got a buddy of mine that shot a deer up there that was similar. And at them. first, well, you hear everyone talking
1: about them Northern Big Woods bucks, and you know they're them. big, but I mean it's such a vast, you crazy don't realize area.
2: You don't realize how big they are, dude. I I never would have believed in a million. Because at first on the ride home, I'm like, I'm like, dude, there's no way that that deer is actually a wild deer. And Mike was like, Yeah, it is, man. I'm telling you, dude. I'm like, I don't know, man. Did I? Do you think that I bought uh, that I bought a Oh, oh, a high fence deer maybe he tricked me so on and so forth and he's like no dude like they have those that like that's a normal thing up there well let's
1: think think about Maine think about the mountains up there I think it's the Cascades correct me if I'm wrong if not you guys can leave a comment or whatever but so much of that is remote untouched area deer can grow eight ten years and never see a human
2: so for example this was a deer that was sent to me trail cam pictures. Jeez for me. Yeah. So that kind of, that kind of goes to show and it doesn't even look real, right? Like you're like, what in the hell dude? like, what is that? <laughs> but those are deer that are, that have been found up there. That, that guy, like giants that never you're like, you're saying, and they, the thing is they come into these yards, dude, they come into these deer yards. And that's what they come into town all the time, dude. To find this in your backyard is not, I mean, (laughs) it's uncommon, but it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. There was a deer that was shot uh, in the area that we were in that went over 210 inches. Um, It just came off the mountains. I mean, you talk, think about, uh, and for all our main listeners,
1: kick us back some information. Um, Isn't the, big thing up there is to get the moose tags and the white are not really it's not like the coveted species up there you know it's like oh I shoot deer for meat but you know they don't chase them like we do they want the moose
2: it's so hard to to shoot them like we talked to mark about it all the time dude it's a one deer state unless you're in a in in some of the um in the deer management zones like in the urban areas yeah. But it's a one deer state. So you can only shoot one buck. And the thing is that it's so like overgrown with, with furs and, and softwoods mm-hmm. that like they're cutting like Mark. I mean, he's got a blind and, you know, it's 200 yards one way, 200 yards the other way. And they're waiting for those deer to cross those things. And those guys will sit all season to shoot a halfway decent buck. Um, and you just kind of take what it is. I mean, these guys are just taking food to take food, you right. know, so that's what happens when you have those one buck states. I mean, these deer can grow. Giant. I mean, dude, I mean, the North the Woods. The, the North Woods is a million square acres. Yeah. There's a lot of land for a deer to live up there. That that's like half of where you're gonna be hunting Idaho. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's crazy, right? I mean, it so those deer do live up there. And I'll tell you this, dude. The deer up there had the longest legs you ever see, right? There's 20-something subspecies of whitetails, anyways, but mm-hmm. those deer up there. It's insane. Like when you see them, I, I, so when I saw them for the first time a couple of years ago, when I was up there, I seen the legs on them and I was like, bro, look at that small moose. Mike's like, that's not a small moose. That's a white tail." I'm like, what? Yeah. No. Their stomachs are like three, cause the snow is high. They adapt, have yeah. adapt to their, their their surroundings. I mean, that's just the way that it is. It's just what, crazy, man. That
1: it all bases on where you're at, the climate, what the winters are like. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, down here, they're all small bodied and they're used to living in the heat and then surviving eight inches in snow and low forage up there. They get the thick evergreen brows, but they got to get through piles of snow. You know, it, it just,
0: it's, it's
1: amazing to watch. Deer. I don't know. I guess that's why I'm just deer nut.
2: It's the same as, it's the same as the Eastern whitetail to the Midwestern detail. So if you look over my shoulder and you see the whitetail, that's right there. Like, look how big his ears are, right? That's a, that's a, an Eastern buck, the Midwestern bucks. We see them all the time, right? And taxonomies, the Kansas Illinois, uh-huh. they have these little tiny ears. Yep. Do you know why they have little tiny ears or well, I, my thought of why they have little ears. Cause they don't need as big ears to hear across cornfields. <laughs> that's right. They need to see. Yes. So they so their ears are smaller and they've adapted and their ears are smaller there and their eyes, they just have, they use their eyes. What's here is everything they can't see as far as, but they got to hear three times as much. So have you ever, I, I got to ask,
1: and I don't know why I've never asked this to you before, but have you ever seen a mule deer in person?
2: No, no, okay. never. You haven't
1: heard. seen big ears yet.
2: <laughs> but, well, but what is the reason? Because of sage and stuff like where they are or because they're hearing and
1: t- looking? Take a mule deer and they live in a country that, you know, you can see two to ten miles all day. Not only can they see all the way out there, they can hear all the way out there. That's crazy. That's what makes mule deer so hard to make moves on.
2: It's like a turkey that can smell.
1: Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, if, if you don't play the wind right and you don't play your cover right and the situation isn't right. That's why mule deer is such an addictive hunt. That's nuts. Just take a Turkey and give it smelling. That's nuts.
2: Oh, you want to hear a crazy story real quick before we close this thing out? Absolutely. So funny story. Uh, it was raining for two days up there and we had obviously uh, made a bunch of things at Mark's place. Thank God that we did right. That we stopped there because um, we, I, we decided to make a new Turkey pot call that we've been working on, which will come out hopefully for next season. Uh, we're working on a different soundboard over glass. Um, did you do a, a slate slate soundboard over glass? So I had them put it together so we can play around with it when I was up there we made some strikers, dude, I made a, um, a feather striker. So it's got feathers inside of it and turned it down. So we got to plan the leaf, whatever. So anyway, so we were up there it was rain days, rain day for two days. Me mean, um, Mike route scouting. So Mike jumped out of the truck and went up this old dirt road uh, cause we couldn't drive up it. So I was sitting there and Mike closes the door and guess what happens? <laughs> and I was like, he's like, Hey, there's a Turkey out there. And I was like, Oh, come on, man. Like, mind you, dude, we are in the middle of nowhere, like nowhere. Like there's nothing around. We are. if y'all want to look it up, look up the Northwoods, you see how big it is where we were. I mean, like there was points where we were in some crazy places. So anyways, So we get a gobble and there's, we don't think that there's turkeys up there. Turkey season opens up May 3rd. All I have on me is my nine millimeter. Um, And I thought about it. I almost killed this turkey with it. But anyways, (laughs) so I get out of the truck. It's raining. I got the turkey call and I got it up like, up like this and I'm playing it. So the glass, it doesn't get on it. And this thing, and I'm, dude, I'm calling this thing right in the dirt road. I call him right out, big bearded hanging. White head comes out. She's he's strutting there. This that and the other. I'm in blue jeans. I'm kneeling down in the woods. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to come out. I end up calling this bird out to the tote road. Comes out to the tote road. He turns. He sees me and he runs right across the bridge. Right right down the whole entire road. I wish I had gotten on film, but I didn't. Um, but we found turkeys up there. It was kind of cool when I got to call and him. In. Did I not tell you by a tag, just in case? I, I but. I, Dude, it would have taken away, and I, I said this, and Mike said the same thing. He was like, dude, if I had, if I, if I, I knew this, I would have brought a shotgun and shot him. I was like, then we wouldn't have seen him. It just would have happened like that. Valid point. And you Solid would have put point. in so much more time trying to kill Chasing a turkey and taking away from the hunt. Like, was it stupid for us to leave the May 1st through May 10th? No. Not at all. No. Actually, we left at 29. But anyways, to to leave all that time to, like, miss out on turkey season, like, no, not no, at, dude, at all, man. Like, seeing,
1: you got to go up there and do some once in a lifetime shit. Make some and memories and help train your dog. And you're back in time. You still got plenty of season. You mm-hmm. got my boys, John and Chase, coming up there to get stupid in Connecticut.
2: Which they've called me during this. Dude. <laughs> I got to call them back. But.
1: Yeah. Well, when you get to meet Chase, do me a favor, kick him in the ass.
2: Oh, That's yeah. Okay. One of my
1: all-time favorite guys. The uh, The bird on the wall. Chase is who called that in for Kim for her first bird. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love that man dearly. He is probably one of my ultimate turkey hunting heroes. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him I said that. I'd never like a Marine to know an Army guy is saying you're a hero. But uh, you're going to have a blast with a man. that That dude is a turkey-slaying fool. I mean, he just got back from, he got a bird in Montana, Wyoming, and South Dakota, back-to-back every morning.
2: Yeah, and he so he was actually his his flight got delayed. Yeah, got all yesterday. I was talking to him. I was talking yeah. to John yesterday, and he said that his flight got delayed, so he came in late last night. <laughs> Them boys called me at like ten thirty last night. I did not answer. I was sleeping. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm <laughs> Yeah, Chase
1: had to. He flew into Baltimore after the delayed flights. Had to drive back to Annapolis to get the boat, and then drive back up. So. Wow. I, I, when John told me, I was like, Oh my goodness, man, that tells you
2: how hardcore chase will
1: throw into for these birds.
2: It's, it's nuts, man. I'm, I'm hoping to meet up with them uh in the next day or so and just kind of bounce them around and kind of show them around in the area. I was kind of letting them struggle for a little bit and then we'll kind of, we'll put them to the booth <laughs> and kind of show them around. Well, I'll put it this way. If, if they strike a bird, it's probably going to die yeah they said they were trying to get on some public some private they found some private they had some birds that got denied and i i haven't gave them, i haven't had the heart to tell them that you're not going to get private up here. <laughs> yeah well, i don't know dude
1: chase i mean they probably could you know so so chase has cards he can play one right. is a, he's a one-armed marine he only has one arm guys he, that's he's crazy. our it, chase is our left-hand man that's how <laughs> that's how we refer he's our left-hand man that's awesome and so when you go to shake his hand dude use your left hand i was gonna
2: i was gonna ask i was gonna ask i <laughs> didn't want
1: to make fun enough of me. no dude he, he'll if you put your right hand out he'll take his his little prosthetic and he'll just reach out and pinch your hand and be like what's yep. up just to be a dick <laughs> no he, he's actually a really cool dude so just remember shake with your yeah. left hand uh and then, when you're done, you go hey don't uh don't you wipe your ass with that hand he'll oh, he'll Jesus. get the joke he'll get the joke
2: that's awesome
1: <laughs> uh, and then bring up man love Thursdays,
2: okay, I will, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to check out with these guys and see what's up. Things are getting a kind of a little weird, so I w- today like I bounced around, but a lot of the grass is getting tall, and then birds are kind of changing their patterns and they're not going in that tall grass, so I don't know what to do. I have always followed
1: that and believed that that double beard bird I killed was in foot tall grass. Jesus. They were out strutting in foot tall grass. I have never seen it in my life.
2: It was wet this morning. So they definitely weren't in it. They don't like getting their feathers wet, but I don't know, man. It's it's... saw the fan on mine.
1: Yeah. That thing was soaking ass wet and he was in foot tall grass. Cause they like, do they just not have anywhere else to go? I mean, no, I just think Virginia birds are fucking retarded. Pardon my French. Right. I think they are flat retarded. They're either retarded or gay. Wow. <laughs> Nuts. Cause they do not like decoys. They don't like calls. They walk away from both of them. They hang out where they're not supposed to be in the rain. Nuts. If you think you know about turkeys, come to Virginia and try to hunt them. End of story. I'll I'll pay for your tags. <laughs> I will. It's, it's not easy. We you are know, ranked one of the hardest states to kill
2: turkeys in nationwide for a reason. Number one worst turkey state in the country, my friend. For a reason. What? I wish anybody luck. I'm, I'm done going time. to Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We're going to Oklahoma next year. All right. Oklahoma it
1: is. Oklahoma gonna... and Kansas. We're going to hit those Rios and Merriam's. We're going to check those off. We need to plan. a. We need to just do a tour so i got guys in florida
2: we we should because i've also talked to clay thurman about going to nebraska next year too so
1: okay so we do there we do oklahoma and then we jump up to nebraska and then we come home we could do the slam dude we could do the slam next year i think that should be the goal my wife will hate me but we could do the slam yeah she won't hate you i got plenty of vacation
2: She'll hate you because she won't be. She can't
1: go. That's that's her problem. Yeah, yeah. she's gonna. It's not going to be the fact that you're going.
2: I'm turkey hunting without her. (laughs) That's what. That's all that is. It's not the fact that you're going. It's the fact that she's she's not can't go. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I mean, it's not she can't, but
1: but yeah, vacation and everything else and the Mm. way it works out. I I have the breathing room and she doesn't. Mm. I mean, she does, but she doesn't. Right. Complicated.
2: Yeah, man, it's nuts, dude. I'm excited, dude. I think that the 2021 season has kind of kicked off in a in a whole different way, man. I mean, I'm so excited. So I've still got
1: two Virginia tags, and season doesn't end till Saturday, and I still have a Pennsylvania turkey tag. That's awesome. So we'll we'll see how motivated I am. I I need redemption. I need that that turkey kill that comes with all the euphoria after the kill. Agreed. You know, uh, just that clean story on film type thing but I'm also getting jacked because the river's
2: getting up to the right temperature. Smalley fishing. Mm-hmm. None wrong with that, buddy. I, I'll tell you, I killed, I did my goal for the season. If I don't kill another Turkey here in Connecticut, I'll be all right. Don't care. My
1: Turkey goal last year. I achieved this year. One afternoon bird. First afternoon bird. Oh yeah, that's right. You never killed the I, one. Afternoon? I pulled off my afternoon bird. That's awesome. And my first double beard. That's in awesome. a spot in stock. Nothing wrong with that, buddy. So I'm gonna call that a win for the season. If I don't get anything else, I'm happy. Nothing wrong with that. But I still got enough time that I may be able to pull off one more. Granted, maybe with a rifle over that filled hang up hill. I love it.
2: (laughs) I love it. I think video that, dude. I think that would be priceless because in Virginia, you can do so. I need retribution on those freaking long beards. They're giants. You need
1: to. Dude, I pulled up that video during editing of those two long beards out Mm
2: -hmm.
0: in that
1: field. Right. This bird I killed had a rope on him. Those two birds had freaking... They had this on them. Just, yeah. I mean, these (laughs) things are this big around... And when they stand up, they're touching the ground. They've got to be 13 inch beards. Yeah.
2: You need to rifle so. for those birds and be done with it. Yeah, I may you go need to get new ones in there.
1: I may revert to some some of my old operator mentality. And uh they they may just end up a uh Mark twenty four situation. Perfect. I love it, dude. You need to do it. You <laughs> really do, man. I'm debating, man. I, I, I've always made fun of people that shoot turkeys with guns with rifles, but you know what? Those birds for two years straight have given us the runaround. I think they deserve a lead bath.
2: That's right. And you know, then that puts new birds out there and it'd make it easier for us to kill next time.
1: Yeah. I need to start developing, developing that property with stupid birds, kill That's the right. smart ones. Let stupid birds come That's around. Right.
2: Yep. I definitely, Oh, the other thing I did on the way up to Maine is I dropped off the hen. Oh, so we get her mounted up. How, what'd you go with? Um, she's going to, Nope. No, <laughs> I don't want to find, but that's it. So he asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, um, I don't want flying. And I think we're just going to do walking. Um, I did find one that like, I kind of cared for. I kind of liked where she was kind of pruning herself yeah i kind of like I that. See that
1: you know the fan slightly spread the wing up head tucked
2: yeah I'm i could see that being that. a good mount for a hen just something or just kind of walking i wanted walking with her kind of like calling i don't think that they can do an open mouth um yeah because we'll they're see. probably using a freeze dried head
1: and they don't gobble so it's hard to get a freeze-dried hen head
2: yeah so I I don't know yet, undecided if, you know, if anyone's got any cool bearded head ones I'd I'd really, you know, send them over cuz I really want to see them. I I want something cool and unique that'll kind of show it off, but he's saying with her walking would be the best. I I have to
1: agree. I think her either in a walking or feeding, you yeah. don't have that beard touching the ground while she's feeding or in a full lookout. Mhm. So it's just out there displayed. I think that
2: could look cool. I just, I'm running out of room, dude. I don't know where I'll put
1: her. Oh, you got plenty of room.
2: Crazy. Do her her
1: look out on a limb and then hang the limb off of a pillar.
2: Yeah, I guess I could like over here. Yeah. On this pillar. But then it's in the, dude, it's in the way, in the way. (laughs) So I don't know. You do her look, you have the limb
1: sticking out right over the table in front of you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could. Oh, I could do it like right here. Yeah. Over here. Yep. I guess and, I could.
1: And just have her doing a full lookout off the roost right over the table.
2: Yeah, that or I was thinking a corner piece over in that corner, but whatever. That was a crazy hunt too, man. Like, I couldn't believe that. That was nuts. <laughs> like, so a lot of people don't know. I'll get into it real quick because obviously we're running out of time here and, not, and everyone does want yeah, to listen to us. We're only on
1: like it. an hour and six or 50 minutes in.
2: Oh, yeah, only. Uh, <laughs> so my goal was to set out. The, so the, the funny thing is Captain Seth or Seth calls me the sexy bearded hen. And so I had seen that there was two hens on uh, on one of our local uh, private properties here. And I had said to Mike, I said, dude, I want to kill one of these birds. Like I, I want a bearded hen. Like it's like the Holy Grail, right? Like to kill these, one of these things, I guess no real odd i mean so only 10 percent of the population can has a beard and it's a uh, genetic uh malfunction right but they can mm-hmm. still breed and they can still have uh hens and so on and so forth so there's one on the farm that's got about an eight inch beard oh and that's the other thing i've in my research bearded hens can only get up to an eight inch beard that's the biggest beard that they've ever had so this one's the one down there is out yeah so it's got like a seven or eight inch beard on the farm and then there was one that had like a four or five inch beard and I was like I said Mike I said you can shoot all the gobblers. I said I don't care. I said I want to shoot one of the bearded hens. So open in morning I said if they come in, I want to shoot one of the bearded hens. I just want one. He goes, I've already shot one I don't really care to shoot another one. I said, okay, fine. So said, I'll, I'll shoot him. So we went there. Nothing came in. The birds kind of skirted us. We called them back and forth forever, man. Just they, they wouldn't break. There was too thick of stuff, so on and so forth. So we didn't get those. So we ended up going to another public piece actually where I killed uh, or I didn't kill the youth uh, hunter that I did. that I hunted with um, Everett. He, he ended up getting his, so we ended up going over to that piece and uh I got over there and I said to Mike, I said, There's another roost, there's another goblin here. I said, Let's go. I said, We'll try and kill this thing. So uh we got over there and I start calling, nothing answers, so on and so forth. But this stupid hen starts cutting back at me. And I'm like, Oh, you're done, dude. I said, Get Mike, her. let's sit. Actually, Get her. actually, a little bit more to the story was I had lost my striker. And Mark said, You better go in there and try and find it. So that, you know, we don't have to pour and make new ones. So I said, okay. So I, so open a morning, I went in there, I t- tried to find it. So I ended up finding it and I had called and nothing responded. Nothing responded. So, I, and I get on the pot call. So I have a slate over glass. So glass on the back and slate on the front. on one of my wood calls of, of his. So I'm on the back with the glass and I'm cutting on it. And uh, this thing starts calling back at me. I go, Mike, sit, sit down. Instead, so I'm calling this girl in. So I end up calling her in, and she's coming, and we're going back and forth. I got the read in; I'm cutting at her, she's cutting at me. We're yelping back and forth. I mean, this goes on. She ends up coming in, coming in. And I see her, and she's behind a big tree. She starts going out in front of me, and I just seen so her beard laid on her chest, and you couldn't see the beard; you just saw like a little tiny like yeah, on the sweat, just a little tiny like outcropping. And I'm like, it's got a beard. Mike goes, no, it doesn't. Don't shoot it. I said, it's got a beard. I'm telling you 100%. It's got a beard. I know it has a beard. And he's like, I don't know. I don't see it. I go, only one way to find out. <laughs> so I smoked this thing. And I and I was 100% positive in my mind. And Mike is thinking at the point, right? He's like, Trev, you're just at the point where you just, you wanted to kill a hen, a uh, <laughs> a bearded hand so bad that you've seen a beard on this thing. Right. That's what he's thinking sticking mind, out. right? He's like, he's like this fucker. He's like, where are we going to hide this thing in the bush? i Mike, like, we're good, dude. It's got a beard. I'm telling you 100%. So we walk up to it and she's got a monster beard on her. It was like seven and a half inches. Jeez. I was like, yeah, buddy. So I ended up shooting this thing and rolled it with the boss, Tom and tungsten. Just absolutely not sevens, not nines, seven seven and a half, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, knocked her down, really cool, but I got that goal, you know, it was kind of cool to get it, so if I don't shoot another bird throughout the rest of the season, I'm all right with it, Ah, dude, you're gonna be fine, you're gonna knock one or two more down, I don't know, I'm not really gonna
1: try that hard, though, dude, you went from like seventeen in total last year, you're knocking down at least one more bird,
2: I'll try. Yeah, maybe with the bow because
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean you you do have the the league that you gotta put up some numbers for, dude I know team, they're gonna be your teams
2: leaning on you my team I love my team and I have a great team, but they're just not I got picked as the underdog them not knowing just so I just got picked
1: you just gonna settle for being the underdog
2: no fuck, no I'm like the silent the silent underdog I guess it would be yeah, I was gonna I say. Just, I, I,
1: I know you better Nat. You're you're not gonna be the
2: underdog. No. No, I'll kill a bird with the bow. I know I will. It'll take time. We'll see what happens. I, I wanna I wanna get through this week, kinda go hang out with Chase and those guys and see what's going on and check those guys out and hang out. And we got a couple of birds and some some spots and we'll try and kill one in the morning. See what happens. So
1: see how their hunts go, and I'll hit them up here shortly too, as I'm sure you will. And uh, I'll bust their balls. You give them all sorts of good feelings and vibes, you know, and then uh, hopefully they have a good kickoff to the season. And then you go out there and make Chase call you in a freaking bird for your bow. Because
2: <laughs> you want to talk about the luckiest turkey hunter I've ever met in my life. I They have probably, you know, they were hunting all day. So I imagine that, I mean, I don't, we'll see what happens, see what they got planned for the morning, but we'll put them on some birds here or at least put them in some areas. See what happens. I'm pumped. Still got turkey season. The three of you together, shit's going to die. <laughs> I That's
1: that's all I'm saying. Like, I'm an okay turkey hunter. The three of you together, shit's going to die. I'd imagine so. It's like, think of the cast and crew of, uh, what is it? Predator, the original, Arnold mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger, and, you know, the special operations team out in the jungle. That would be the equivalent of you guys out and a turkey is Predator.
2: Oh, it's, you know, I know I'm gonna kill a turkey. Do you know why I'm gonna know I'm gonna kill a turkey? I got something really cool in the mail today. I'll share it with everybody. Oh snap. There it is. The chupa, chupa gobla.
1: <laughs> so many inside jokes.
2: <laughs> so this is uh this is uh Chase and Tails uh Walter Lee. Oh, Chase and Tails, that's his shirt. Uh, I had to get it. That was cool. cool. Yeah. Chupagabla. Yeah. So. so,
1: so take that out and, uh, go enjoy a good hunt with them boys. Knock yep. them
2: down. Sounds good, buddy. Well, congratulations on your giant bearded bird, man. I'm really envious of you, man. It's fuck. That's a great, great bird, man. You, you deserve it. So happy for you, bro. I really am. I was so pumped when I saw the pictures. Much appreciate. It was nice to be able to go say, Hey, I can actually still kill birds. We knew
1: that, man. I was, it's just a crappy state. <laughs> I was starting to doubt myself. I'll be honest. So it, w- it was nice to to just be like, okay, I got this.
2: It was nice that the whole Clark family tagged out in Virginia this year, man. Yeah, man.
1: You well, guys got we, it back. We didn't tag out. I mean, we technically well, still between us could get four more birds. You punched some tags, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. We we made them count. All of them That's were right. good birds nothing wrong with that man so all right brother well let's wrap this mother f for up <laughs> and uh try to keep this clean but uh you got any closing thoughts No, oh, man i really don't uh so literal <laughs> question in maine what drove you outdoors
2: that was the truck bro because uh, You definitely don't want to walk up there. I will say that, man. No, I was the thing. It kind of, I, I will kind of answer that question. It, I, it was definitely the camaraderie camp, man. There's nothing better. I don't care. Everybody knows that camp is like the place, right? And like being with all those guys and the sunrises, the sunsets, the mountains, and just, just knowing that, you know, around that next corner dude could be that one shed, you know, you had those, you just, all I wanted to do, man, was go to bed and wake up and go back out picking in the morning, man. We wanted to hit that number. Their all-time highest number in shed pickings for all of their spring shed camps was 81.
1: Record broken.
2: We broke the record. We did also have two extra guys, but still. Um,
1: we, broke, we broke
2: the record. Um, They definitely had more Browns times before, but. It was so cool man. I just always something new was going to happen or go in new spots or we seen loads of 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 wildlife and bears and it was just cool man. It, the drive was was incredible there. I mean it was something else. So awesome. Well,
1: glad you guys had fun. Glad we got to share the stories and uh stay tuned. We've got a couple of pretty high-end episodes coming up here shortly. So Keep an eye out. Uh, Some big names that you guys are going to know. Check out the shoot. Make your plans to meet us up there and uh, hit up all the sponsors. Get in on the uh, Sea Duck Hunt giveaway. Make sure you don't miss that opportunity. And until then, as always, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.